2: Early afternoon at Daytona International Speedway, early part of the season. 2024 looking to be bigger, brighter, better, more loud, more larry, quicker. We've already started breaking qualifying lap records at the Raw before the Rolex 24 last Sunday. What is the rest of the season going to be like? Fast is the answer to that. Coming up, we've got another... One hour and 45 minutes of practice session. Remember, we've set the grid for the 60-second running of the Daytona, the Rolex 24 at Daytona already. So it's about finding the balance for the 24 hours on Saturday into Sunday. And the next free practice session for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is live from Daytona. Three, two, one.
0: The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio.
2: Let's head straight down to the pit lane where our CrowdStrike pit reporter, Shay Adam, is waiting for us in an afternoon. That uh, Certainly from the booth, now that, now that the sun's gone over a little bit, it, it's a lot less warm in the booth. <laughs> 27 Celsius in the air. 37 on the track, that's 99 Fahrenheit on the track, 81 in the air. A little bit of cloud covers cooled down the track a little bit, here, but with 72% humidity, it's still an endurance even just for one hour 45 minutes for these drivers and teams.
1: Well, I'm, I'm so glad it's gotten a little less warm in the booth because it's gotten a lot more warm down <laughs> it was here a on the saunter. pit lane. It was a sauna
2: it... in the morning. But it was like I felt like a fly or an <laughs> ant that somebody was putting a magnifying glass onto earlier on. Well, well,
1: so here's the amazing thing. As I was walking down the pit lane this morning, I was getting that as the sun was reflecting off the windows yes. from where you were on specific spots on the pit lane where you would walk through a patch of sunshine and all of a sudden feel like oh that's burning me that that's not exactly pleasant so that uh, feeling was reflected literally on the pit lane as well but now it's just warm uh, the cloud cover is very nice that does make a tangible difference to the pit lane but this is the session that always confuses everybody because it's the split session so for the start the first 15 minutes LMP2 and GTD only for the last 15 minutes of the session, GTP and GTD Pro only. So we need to watch out for the number panels and make sure that all the colors line up and nobody's trying to sneak out in the wrong session. It no longer matters which drivers are behind the wheels. I'm looking at Scott McLaughlin in the number eight Tower Motorsports LMP2, and we've got Malta Jakobsen in the 04 CrowdStrike by APR, that car. So Malta, who didn't drive in the last session, even though that car was the fast fastest. Uh, those two very, very much uh, professional drivers as far as the driver lineups are concerned for P2, Um, as well as a slew of GTD cars ready to take the green flag of this session. But those two cars in the fast lane, everybody else came to their boxes. Not a problem in this session. Uh, It's not qualifying. And I won't have to bring that up again this weekend because we've now finished all of our qualifying. So, yay for that. Um, But this is going to be a very action-packed session because once we get the okay, 59 cars on track together for about, what, an hour worth of running on the track.
2: Thank you, Cher. Our BDO Pit Lane reporter, if you Uh, excuse me, our CrowdStrike uh, Pit Lane reporter in uh, WSC. We, and thank you to both CrowdStrike and BDO for uh, stepping in for uh, the support of our Pit Lane reports over this 2024 season. We still will have the BDO Knows Strategy Award. And of course in Michelin we'll have our Michelin moment of the race. They continue into 2024. Green flag and Paul DiResta, uh has jumped out early. That is going to be a penalty for the 22. That's United Autosport, they should know better than that. They've raced here before on a number of occasions. and well, Maybe Paul De Resta just a little bit too excited to be back in the series. And uh, Billy Glavin
3: is uh, kind of team principal there for the Andretti Autosports uh, USA. Uh, he was... United uh, Autosports. What did I say? Andretti. Andretti Autosports, a big <laughs> part. Uh, United Autosports USA. Um, and who, who've run it periodically here in the past and, you know, f- for years now, uh, Richard Dean and Zach Browner wanted to put together a full-time program. They've done that. They've been running two cars in LMP2 all the way through this season. And Billy Glavin, who for the last couple of years has really impressed with his own Junior 3 racing team in LMP3 competition, both in the uh, Prototype Challenge, as it was, and last year, the VP Racing Sports Car Challenge. So but he's going to be running that program. And, uh,
2: y- y- where y- are they based, y- uh, Jeremy? Uh, Mooresville. Oh, yes, that's Charlotte. right, of course. I should have remembered that. And, and that's where United have based their US yeah. operation, haven't yeah. they? Yeah,
3: and, uh, G- and Jim Maguire, whose uh, Euro- um, Entrotech company developed the aero sustainable paint uh, wrap systems that are used by many, many cars, has also come on board as the management of that team as well. He's, he's stepping out of the cockpit uh, for a while, is Jim
2: having he's taken part in, the, in ownership with uh, the team, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I'd so, uh, big step for him and uh, re- super enthusiast is is uh, Jim Maguire, really, really cool guy. And I know he's going to miss driving, but uh, he had a he was one of several drivers that had a big shunt in a P2 car last year and suffered some back uh, problems. was ELMS last year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, he's done that for the last couple of years. In hasn't MP3 been two. able
2: to get back into. The, the cockpit after that. Big supporter mm. of Team USA down through the uh, years as well. Yeah, oh, Got to say thank you very much for that. Sean Creech Motorsport back with the Stars and Stripes livery uh, on there. At number 33, Norland Siegel behind that car. LMP2 car. Slightly changed that. It's uh, Andy Blackmore livery. Andy, as ever, working really hard. I think he said the last time... A, I swapped some text with him. I think he said he'd drawn 105 cars for this week. He's got a bit of sick of the uh, for, for this event, nice. yeah, for this event, the ah, yeah, for the for the, the spotless guide. Hasn't designed
3: them all, but he yeah. designed always designed a good proportion. Oh, he's
2: got a, he's got a good proportion uh, of the cars, but he's done the spotless guide um, for this week, which is well over 100 cars. The original version came out on Tuesday. He'll be doing the revisions as he sees any little changes to what's going on at the moment. Nolan Siegel having a bit of a scrap on the track with the Flexbox number 81 down into the Le Mans Chicane. And Alan, uh, James Allen for Dragon Speed in that Origa just nips through. But now Nolan will drop into the Aero washing the big we? haul in the air through turns three and four these LMP2s they are absolutely outstanding I think we're going to have some great racing for, we've got them as a headliner of course at uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park IMSA having to work out which of their resources they can use at which circuit depending on how big the pit lanes are how big the paddocks are and they've been able to give the LMP2s their headline spot north of the border number 20 is the Motul sponsored red white and black high class racing car, well MDK by, by high, high class laurence yeah, so behind the wheel of that car yeah,
3: collaboration between Mark Kwame's team and uh, Dennis Anderson's
2: high class racing first times coming in what, what did we see earlier on Jeremy, what was the top times for for LMP2's this morning, one
4: thirty-nine point four zero seven. for Cough. Toby Sowry, which, uh, echoing what Jeremy said earlier on, great stuff to see Toby getting opportunity in a in a prototype and showed some good pace in uh, single seaters in Indy Lights and Indy NXT as it's now known. Um, so yeah, good good strong performance there and a great lineup in that CrowdStrike car. Was it thirty-nine? One thirty-nine point four zero seven.
3: The fastest qualifying time was a brilliant effort by Ben Keating. In the number two car for United Autosports USA, 138.5 for Ben, taking advantage of those cool conditions on Sunday afternoon. The uh, the lap record for LMP2 was actually set by James Allen back in 2019. Since when they've been t- trimmed back in terms of power considerably, 135.9 was that mark but Ben Keating's poll time last year was a 140.5 so he went two seconds quicker this year Ben Keating did than one year ago. was surprised how fast he went in qualifying on Sunday and he was even more amazed when he saw uh, the the time chart time at the end of that session and saw that uh, Nick Bull was only about a tenth. It was almost exactly just one tenth of a second behind him in second place, and into Europe Hall by PR1 Motorsports.
2: Uh, and James Allen, as mentioned, has just gone to the top uh, with a 140.070. We'll digest that as we head for a Crowd Strike pit report
1: with Manny Franco for the first time on IMSA Radio. Manny, you're a guy who knows Ferraris very well, having raced them for the last couple of years. You've even raced Ferraris at Daytona before, but not in multi-class racing and not in the 24-hour. What's the hardest thing to try and adapt to with all this new
5: going on? Uh, Of course, it's going to be the traffic. The traffic is going to be the the most uh, difficult thing to adapt to, to kind of be driving while looking at your mirrors at your cameras, and, and uh, that, that, to me, is the most difficult. You have to kind of just glance at it as quickly as you can, make out that image, and, and see what uh, what route you can take to avoid traffic. So.
1: With three great drivers sharing the Conquest Ferrari with you, Alessandro Balzan, Albert Costa, and Cedric Sirius Bali, how much of a sponge have you been through all of this?
5: Oh, I'm, I'm going to be the biggest sponge I possibly can to, it, to try to get as much information as I can from the three of them. Of course, any corner, the way they put down power, the way they brake, anything that shows me, you know, that a faster time, I'm gonna try to absorb and learn, and ask them for advice on on just about anything, really. Even temperature is something that we talk about.
1: What part of the race are you most looking forward to? Your first 24 hour?
5: Oh, of course, the start. Like the start's <laughs> gonna be the most entertaining. You know, it's just that uh, anxiety, the the tenseness that you're gonna get before the the race start to just start the race, that's all gone. It's game time, you have your your game face on, and all those emotions kind of just start slowly draining away, and every single hour, you get more and more and more and more comfortable, I'm sure.
1: When you raced here in Ferrari Challenge, it was the night race, wasn't it? So you've been around here Uh, under the lights before.
5: Yeah, no, uh, first time uh, uh, driving at nighttime, I believe, was here for me, and and I had a lot of fun doing it. I only imagined doing a 24 after that day. but uh, it, to me, nighttime is actually kind of fun. It's more relaxing, you know, and it's kind of easier to be able to tell if there's a car approaching you with the headlights. You know,
1: a lot of people talk about at night you can smell the smells, too, like the hamburgers and the hot dogs in the infield. So you got that to look forward to as well.
5: Oh, for sure. I was staring at that Italian uh, sausage that they got down, <laughs> down in the infield. And, and I remember here, being here uh, for uh, a challenge in Daytona. Uh, I had a couple of them, and maybe I shouldn't have. I definitely haven't had one right now, but I'm looking forward to it once this race is done and when, once my session's done. Hopefully when the race
1: is done, you got a shiny new watch on your wrist. Good luck this weekend. Yeah.
5: Thank you so much.
3: He's going to be sharing that number 34, Conquest Racing Ferrari, with uh, three very, very experienced drivers. Alessandro Balzan, uh, who uh, is a former champion in GTD. Uh, Albert Costa, from Spain, who's had a lot of experience in all sorts of different GT3 cars, particularly Lamborghinis, but uh, Ferrari relatively new for him, and Cedric Spiriguali, who's another Lamborghini stalwart, he's going to be sharing that uh, Ferrari with Manny Franco, and Manny, it's great to hear that enthusiasm now, he's I mean, got to feel almost like he's won the lottery to be here at Daytona, a oh, weight he did win the lottery that's why he's here at daytona uh very cool cool story that and uh, manny yeah, he's quite a driver yeah, over the last few years had pretty much no experience prior to that life-changing experience uh and uh, doing uh, as you said there like a sponge just soaking up all the knowledge and expertise of those people around him and he's uh he's developing into a pretty useful driver he could be a bit of a dark horse when we come through to the race. I think he's going to be surprising a few people.
4: It's a good lineup there. You know, Albert Absolutely. Costa, winner of uh, the Le Mans 24 Hours LMP2 last, uh, last year. And oh, Alessandro Balzan. what an experience he has. Funnily enough, before winning a Rolex watch uh, for his 2013 uh, title, he actually never really wore a watch, he was never really interested. But as soon as he put that Rolex chronograph on his wrist, he's like, Oh, I like this. And he's been hooked ever since.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I hardly believe it's more than 10 years since he won this race. Yeah. Two times a champion in 2016 and 17 Alessandro Balzac was sort of kind of out of the series for, uh, for a few years, but uh, I know he's enthusiastic about getting back again for a full time ride this year.
4: She, Adam, our our crowd strike reporter, did a great interview with him uh, at the Roar weekend. He was
2: talking about
4: Balzan, Yeah, Balzan's not won this race. No, he's won the championship. He won won the watch for his championship. Yeah, ten years ago. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's the it's the only big race out here that he's that he's not won. Um, He's been round for everything else. Yeah, he's
3: won championships.
2: Yeah. Yeah. His
3: best finish uh, here is a fourth in class seven starts previously in the Rolex 24-day turner for Alessandro
4: Balzac. Last year's winner, James Allen, who uh, put together one of the most dramatic finishes to a 24-hour race you'll ever see. Uh, If you've not seen it, go go back to the archive and watch it uh, and listen to us. What, 139.6, his best at the moment. Just four-tenths off that is uh, not, well, uh, an IMSA debutant, a certain Felipe Massa. And a former Formula 1 driver but get this it's not actually his multi-class sports car debut uh, which I found fascinating he actually competed in the 2001 24 Hours of Sicily in an Alfa Romeo 147 so he's not completely green on multi-class sports car racing but almost who's uh, that sorry Felipe Massa uh,
2: and he, he he did the Abu Dhabi um, 6 Hours at the weekend I think did he he was
4: certainly there oh, he's, keeping he's, it he's, he's been he's
2: practising uh,
3: he's one of the rookies here this year in this race and surprisingly out of the 228 drivers that are scheduled to drive in the, in the, the race at the weekend there's only 22 rookies this year last year there were 44 rookies in the in this race so uh, that's uh, that i thought was kind of interesting the, the, the fewest number of rookies over the years apart from obviously the first year was was 15 that was in 2020 uh, but um, in, in in the various classes there's only one daytona rookie in the gtp field that's jensen button uh there's the only ones in gtd pro are neil verhagenhagen uh and uh and lauren heinrich uh, uh, verhagen's driving number one car of course with the defending champion uh, series champion team paul miller racing it's BMW he's a, a, a full factory driver now and been a junior team driver for the last uh, few years uh, great to see Neil Verhagen get that opportunity and uh, Heinrich who's got uh, a lot of experience in GT3 uh, Porsches in particular Super Cup and uh, the uh, Carrera Cup Germany champion uh, making his debut as well he's he, he's made one start previously over here that was in the Porsche Carrera couple, a couple of years ago uh, where he was Actually, it was just, that was the year before the Carrera Cup started, wasn't it? I think it was a final year of GT3, and he was absolutely stellar in uh, at uh, Michelin Raceway in Road Atlanta. Uh, won uh, very impressively.
4: He's won the virtual version of this race twice. Lauren <laughs> 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 the, uh, Heinrich, I wonder, is a really nice person, and yeah. he's uh, he's developed his career. He, you know, went through karting, single-seaters, but when he couldn't get the opportunities uh, to keep moving up the ladder. He really lent on virtual motorsport, and his progression has been very much mm. powered by his ability in the sim. He's not necessarily a pure sim racer who's come over to uh, outdoor racing. It's definitely been a combination of the two.
2: Uh, James Allen's just gone quicker, 139.497. Uh, I was wrong, by the way. I've just realised where I saw why I saw um, Felipe Massa on Sunday. That's because I saw him here when I was doing the... Call for the... <laughs> it just ha- so ha- I was in Abu Dhabi when I saw him. Um, he wasn't. So that's, that's, I've just... Fair mistake. I've just realised <laughs> it's been a long few weeks. <laughs> uh, and lots of different time zones. Uh, but no jet lag, which is good. Uh, we've got an hour and 30 minutes to go. It's a lovely early afternoon here. What are we, Needing half past seven in the UK, half past eight in Europe. And that will be, what, half past 11 in Dubai, where they're getting ready for the 24 hours this weekend as well. Lots of people tweeting in at us asking about coverage. Yes, there will be coverage of that. And the good news is a goodly proportion of that before we even get up here and get thinking about this race. Time zones for once can work for us, particularly for those of you who are ahead in time. So for those of you in Australia, great opportunity to watch the opening and uh, nine hours, ten hours or so before we even get into our countdown to green here at Daytona. Our Michelin countdown to green with Shay on the grid. Porsche keys to the race, and Jeremy will run down the field as well. That's all on Saturday before the start of the race, and we'll wind up the weekend as always with the original listener or audience based show. Michelin post race tech and the pro classes being given the green flag whilst I was in the middle of that sentence
4: unleash the pros yeah
2: the big dogs play the
4: jaws music
2: (laughs) there was a big rumble as they all pulled out even those that start on electric power who have we got in the CrowdStrike car at the moment? That's Malte Jacobson. He's taking no prisoners whatsoever and, in fact, carving through, goes past the uh, inter Europol car. He's just gone past the number 10 uh, from the Wade Tiller Racing. They've got hot tyres, these LMP2s, whereas the cars coming out the pits don't. And that was noticeable there. Um, as Malte was wiggling his way through. Ricky Taylor had to avoid him as he was trying to actually that's not fair, didn't have to avoid him he had to take a couple of turns to come up onto the banking at uh, turn 6 because Malte was just so much quicker he uh, arrived there at a huge amount of speed this is something we'll see right across the weekend it's not forecast to be forecast to be anywhere near as cold as the last couple of years on Saturday night into Sunday morning remember we had it so cold that Michelin brought a special tyre that worked better in the cold conditions that was only allowed to be used in the nighttime and early hours of the morning, that's not going to be like that this year, it's going to be a wee bit warmer but still, coming out on unheated tyres, and when I say unheated tyres, they are unheated you're not allowed to put them, we're not just talking about not putting tyre blankets on them, you're not allowed to put them into tyre ovens and it's are a very, very careful and watching what's going on behind the pit
4: lane. easy ups themselves are you allowed to leave them with the sun or is that a gray area you are i've seen in ra- at rallies drivers with their hire car with the heater on full blast with the tires in the in the, in car. the, in the back seat of the hire car i don't think that would be allowed no no
2: in the wec where it when it isn't allowed and it and it isn't allowed now and it, it looks like it's not going to be allowed at the either uh, this year, that was decision was taken. There are specific places in Pit Lane where you can put your tyres and everybody has a spot in, so that no team who've got a more sunny pit have an advantage um, because it was it's a world championship and everybody has to be the same and people would moan. Um, you know what it'd be like. But they'd moan that they haven't
4: got tyre warmers anyway, so... Felipe Massa four hundredths of a second ahead of Paul de Restets.
2: yeah have, but have, have, Jaminier, have we
4: teleported back to uh, have we teleported back to the 2008-2009 uh, Formula 1 World Championship
2: uh, and to the top of the timing screen Mathieu Jamin for Porsche Penske Motorsport with a 36 405 ahead of Nick Yellowly for BMW MT RLL. Nick was kind enough to give me some time out of a busy couple of days testing at Spa towards the end of last year when some of the American RLL drivers went to help evaluate the BMW M-Hybrid V8 for Vincent Voss's WRT team. Had a cracking couple of days. Thank you very much indeed to Vincent and to BMW for inviting us really nice road trip for that and the fruits of our labour are available to listen to inside story anatomy of a shakedown search for that on radio uk. and
1: Shea Adam has some news from the pits where not everything smells right no, it definitely didn't. For the 45 Lamborghini, the WTR Andretti Lamborghini, that one has just gotten going once again. But that's when I noticed the Bosey was standing back by the 14 Lexus, holding a door. The passenger door is off of this car, the defending GTV Pro Champion. Jack Hawksworth is aboard. Nate and Travis are well within the cockpit of the car. That's why Bosey has the door off so that they can get more access looks like they had to change out the battery actually they've got the box off the cover now they're tightening down a new one trying to make sure that everything is good on this car so that jack can get out on the racetrack uh, minor detail if you can't fire the car by yourself that's not exactly the good thing but they're almost done with the work here but so far they've missed about five minutes worth of running jack's gonna try and make up for that
2: shit adam our crowd strike pit lane reporter so the GTP cycling to the front, seven of the ten ahead of the LMP2s, which are led by Dragon Speed. And Eric Lux has just been plugged into that number 81 car. Then Massa, Resta. Nico Pinho, the two United cars locked together there. Barely a third of a tenth between them. Then Malte Jacobson for CrowdStrike in the 04 Red and White Oryga. Lawrence Hurt for MDK by High Class in the red, white and black. Number 20. Uh, In GTT, the the GTT and GTT pros are still out there. Klaus Backler for MDK in the Porsche 992. Number 86 car leads that from Dennis Olsen for Proton, Proton in the Mustang GT3 by... Uh, yeah, Dennis Olsen has been around the block a bit with VAG. And, uh, did some Lamborghini and some Porsche. And now driving a Ford, Point zero four zero back. Then it's Nicky Team for Magnus Aston. And there are nine uh, GTDs ahead of the GTD Pros, which have just gone out. I noticed this the other day, and um, rightly somebody sort of, not pulled me up on it, but questioned me on it. In qualifying at the weekend... The gtd crude cars seem to get their faster times quicker earlier in the session, should I say, than the GTD-Pros. And I don't know whether it's a different, I suppose it must be, a different approach to warming up the Michelin tyres that the GTD-Pros are. Maybe it's a difference in setup because, of course, the cars are, are absolutely similar. It's Alexander Rossi for FAF Motorsport McLaren who was quickest ahead of Tommy Milner for Corvette Racing by Pratt Miller. Again, half a tenth uh, away between first and second there in the pros. Um, That, despite it being called Corvette Racing by Pratt Miller, we have to make the point, and we've been asked to make the point, that that is a factory-supported team now rather than a factory team. So a little bit of a change there as Corvette Racing as a factory team uh, ceased to be with the end of the at GT Le Mans, the GTE program in the World Championship last year. Back to Shea for a CrowdStrike update.
1: Down in BMW World with Jesse Crown, Yessi, you've won this race in a GT car. How different is it when you're in GTP and passing everything?
0: Well, you always want to be the fastest car out there. Obviously, you're making the decisions where to pass the slower cars. So it's there's obviously a lot to learn for myself, but I've been in the middle class of uh, GTLM, so I've been passing cars... And I've been passed, so I, I sort of had the, the best of both worlds, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's super nice to be in the top class.
1: What was it like when you got the phone call saying they wanted you in the top class?
0: I can't even describe the feeling. I mean, this has been the dream. I think every every single driver wants to be fighting for overall, overall victories. And uh, yeah, when I got the call, I, I was just over the moon and I can't believe I'm here.
1: Which track are you most excited to go to in the top class? I think
0: Laguna Seca will be fast with the the resurface. I think that's going to be a good one. And always, I like Road Atlanta. So yeah, those two are going to be probably the highlights of the year.
1: You won the Rolex back in 2020. Do you ever wear that watch?
0: Yeah, all the time, because I, I always said, like, even if I lost everything and I would end up in the gutter, I would be wearing my Rolex in the gutter. I'm never going to get rid of that watch, and I'm always going to have that. So might as well wear it. So what would you do with the second one? I uh, also keep it, but uh, haven't haven't made the plans yet first I got to earn it. Good luck this weekend. thank you. What a brilliant answer <laughs> What a brilliant answer worth a
2: lot of money, but that nah, i'm sorry, I might be begging on the streets, but i'm going to have me Rolex winner's watch on my wrist I like that it's cool <laughs> it's great to have that young man back very good indeed. Uh, Another quick lap by Mathieu Jaminé. One 35 uh, Sorry, no, it's uh, Nasser who's going at the top now. 35.724. So Felipe oh. Naza up from seventh in the Porsche 963 from Porsche Penske
4: Motorsport They're turning, everyone's turning the wick up here we, we thought they were being fairly conservative in the first practice this morning but my goodness now well into the 35s 35, 35.7 35, for Nazar in the Porsche likewise for the Cadillac of Jack and that's the pole sitting car car 31 for and Engineering then just a tenth of a second back to the second of the Porsches Mathieu Jaminet who I, I'm reliably informed makes a great carbonara so maybe he's, maybe he's looking after the mechanics in the uh, Porsche Pensky pit with his carbonara. <laughs> a bit too carby. And if he hasn't, they will be asking for it now. Sorry, Matthew. A bit too carby for me. Uh, new tyres and of the
2: sticker variety for uh, uh, Matteo Cairoli in the six zero. That was full fuel, though, on that car. It's a bit of an oddity uh, to... Maybe just to get a feel of a start of a run on cold tyres for the Iron Lynx Lamborghini. It was uh, Romain Grosjean who brought that car into the pit lane. Uh, Mirko Bertolotti has just taken out the sister car, the number 19 car
4: quite a different picture in GTD, John, because uh, we saw the Porsche and the Ford Mustang struggling quite a lot this morning, and not so this afternoon. Klaus Backler, fastest in the, uh, the MDK car, the number 86, and uh, Corey Lewis in the Ford Mustang GT3. That's the Proton competition car. Um, it looks absolutely superb in the sort of light, almost like a turquoise blue. Mm. Um, first, the first Ford-sponsored car it's uh, it's a re- really nice machine, and that was Dennis Olsen that set that fastest lap. Corey's into the car now, 147.085, so just 0.04 of a second between our top two in GTD.
2: Jimmy Brownie in the Proton Competition Mustang sampling Porsche. It's the car that was damaged at the weekend, Neil Janney, but it's clearly been rebuilt to the satisfaction of the drivers Porsche one two then with zero 0.030 zero of a second between Porsche Penske Motorsport and Proton Competition then another ooh, all of another three one hundredths of a second back to Jack Aiken, Jeremy
3: yeah I've got a question for you John look out of the window directly pretty much, almost directly opposite us is yep. the uh, Sun Energy 1 Mercedes
2: yep. what colour do you call that? I'd say that was um, chrome orange with blue and yellow
4: chrome highlights orange surface of the sun it's, o- it's always it's that car this always,
3: this the car always <laughs> looks fabulous always slightly different kind of got flames on the uh coming out of the uh out of the grill front on the, on the Sh- top of the nose yeah
2: it looks fabulous and, and it always place. has red lights behind the grill as well don't think it's on fire when you see it in the yeah. evening time just ahead of that on pit lane is the yellow and green uh in the in very much similar colours to what it has been. The yellow's a slightly different colour um, and there's a couple of stripes on the honking great fin in the middle of the car. But what I've noticed is that's now a satin finish rather than a gloss finish. I have no clue whether that makes any difference to how it cuts through the air, but it's just a, it has a slightly different finish to it. It's not shiny at all and that just changes the way the car looks.
3: Didn't the Conic and Minolta team when they run into GPI cars start off with a uh, a, a matte finish and yep. then change it
2: went to back gloss to gloss because of, yeah, the they, 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 felt was, they felt they felt it didn't make a, a difference
3: and that's whisker quicker
2: well hey, anything you can gain well anything's a gain yeah it's all see, that, see there's a question and I don't know the answer so IMSA technical and WEC technical so Simon and Thierry I need to know the answer when you benchmark the cars in the wind tunnel do they have livery on or not? Unlikely. Or do you do
4: them in bare carbon? Probably the latter I'd say.
2: Yeah. Question. I had never thought of that until that very moment. Do I'm going to ask. Do you want
3: to get the question asked on the pit lane of some of these team managers principals, or whatever in GTP as to why um, yeah, their, their opinion on, on shifting from three drivers per car which has been a norm over the norm of last several years in the top category to four in, in the the pro am classes i.e gtd and lp2 you have to run four drivers uh as as, as you drive driver line for the race but in the uh, the pro categories gtd pro and gtp you have the choice and uh, say recent years we've most yeah definitely the majority have been three drivers this year all except the defending series champion team Whelan Engineering Cadillac are running with four drivers
4: Sportscar 365 did a a story on uh, the Whelan team, why they are the kind of standout team doing three drivers apparently, well, what they said in that article was that that was the that's the Le Mans rule and when they went to Le Mans with three drivers that seemed to work really well for them and then they've just basically taken that strategy, taken that approach, and sure. it means the drivers do get more seat sure, time. but um, I do want to
3: hear from the team, as you well why the other teams have made that, there's that there's switch. There's definitely I mean
4: two strings of thought, because with four, obviously, you can rest the drivers more in the race. It's we're horses for courses, I uh, guess.
3: Projected this morning that you know, the, the, the mental energy that has been exerted with these very sophisticated cars, complicated cars, is... Uh,
2: Shit, Adam. Um, asked a few of those questions in her road to Daytona, uh, the I ninety five collection <laughs> um, <laughs> over, over the weekends of the Raw. Um, and what, what you got a pretty much a, um, a sim- similar answer from everybody you asked.
1: Yeah, I am straight up asked Pippa Durrani, uh, what what's the thinking behind three drivers versus four, because everybody else is running four, and you guys are the only running three, as far as the Willen Engineering Cadillac was concerned, and he basically said, well, there's not a lot of track time, as far as practice is concerned, the tire allocation means that you're not going to run the entire time, which we saw this morning, we did not see that car sitting on the pit lane. And he said, we had a good thing at Le Mans, so yeah, the three-driver thing does make sense. But also, they don't want anyone to feel like they're going into the race kind of wedged into the car, like they haven't had enough time. This way, everybody gets an adequate amount of running before we get into the race. So next year, it will be mandatory for four drivers in all of the classes. But for this year, they still think there's an advantage to having three drivers who know the car completely very well. Not going into the race with any question marks about how the car will handle at any point
3: in time. Yeah absolutely that has been the philosophy over the last several years I'm just curious to get the other perspective what you know which is the change from yeah. three to four.
2: At one stage you could have I think you could have five here. Oh I think yeah you I still mean, can the, the have five. You can have six no. or seven if you wanted to back
3: no. in the, back in the yeah, old yeah. days. I, I, th-
2: I think you could still have five here and four at Sebring within the race. Or is it, is it a max of four here now as well, Shea, is it?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, maximum four drivers at Daytona, maximum three drivers in all the other endurance races.
2: Including Sebring. Correct. Got
1: back down to three for that? Correct.
2: Right, because uh, there was a time when it was five here and four at Sebring.
1: I think they did away with that in 2017. That was yeah. the last time we had a five-driver lineup.
4: Yeah. It, it would become quite difficult to get the minimum driver times in if you have too many, because well, uh, that's, that's where it can become slightly challenging. Four and a half hours is the minimum driver times for a 24-hour race. It's uh, yeah, you, when you've got four in the team, you've got to be pretty tactical on how you spread that out. I think you're going to say four and a half drivers is the uh, is the optimum. I'm sure there's some drivers who think, "Oh, I'm a driver and a half because I'm so fast." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember one of the first times I came here, even well, maybe it was in between when I'd done it because we did this race first in the Grand Dam days. Um, and we were the first people to do the full 24 hours here and, and then I was on site and I was, I was sitting with Jamie McMurray and Dario Franchitti they were driving together that year and they were bemoaning the long safety car periods and I said well look you can have five drivers or whatever it was why don't you just have someone me to, <laughs> as soon as you know there's going to be a long safety car Put off in, he'll potter around at 80 ks or whatever, he'll not be any quicker than anybody else, he'll not be any slower than anybody else. He, he won't moan about being called in the car, won't moan about anything else, and then if you win the race, I still get me Rolex then.
4: Chip didn't phone you, I take it? No, never mind. Try, excellent try, there. though. Yeah, no, you got to you it too. Put it out to. there. Excellent try. Uh, speaking of speedy Scots, looks like Ryan Diel's popping into the uh, Aeromotorsport uh, 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 LMP2 which has got, it's always run a beautiful blue and white livery which of mm. course is um, I think it's more by accident that that's those are the Scottish colours but it's got a bit of purple at the back of it now which kind of looks like a nice Scottish thistle so they're obviously making sure they're keeping Ryan Salt at one the they've even Very brought um, uh, one, of the, uh, the, the, one of the team has brought him some iron brew too so he's Fully
2: oh, oh, and it's burnt tonight.
4: Well, yeah, there you go.
2: I, I'm I'm very very disappointed that I haven't been able to find a decent haggis. Tatties and neeps not
4: so much of a problem, but a decent haggis here is quite difficult to find. You never know; they might have it catering tonight. In fact, is it is haggis still illegal in the US? Illegal? It certainly used to be. Did it? I
2: Was it? Yeah, no. It's Even free-range haggis. Not far, I mean, farmed haggis. Was farmed haggis not legal in the States? Pass. You know, I... Pass. I, I'm pretty sure it used to be. Now, you're a man of Perth now, so Halls of Perth is a pretty good haggis, yeah? Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: McSween's in Edinburgh. He always used to be one of my... I did a big deal with McSween's for Burns Night many, many years ago. With, do you remember um, Gillespie's Scottish Stout? Is so that was still around when you would maybe a bit possibly before, before my time yeah it was a Scottish and Newcastle mm. version my dad worked for them yep yeah. well I did indirectly for many years but I I, I kept the shareholders going nicely for very many years by the side of that yeah did it I never had to buy my lunch um, haggis tatties and neeps pie Scottish pie open top pie my lunch did them a lot of business at uh, McSwain's up on the far side of the meadows Uh, Number three Corvette still missing. Um, That car had problems this morning, didn't it? Shea Adam, um, wasn't it the three that went behind the wall and then came out later this morning?
1: It was, and I did get an answer from Ryan Smith on that car. They double-checked everything. There was something with the seating connection that was giving them a little bit of issue, but it was able to be easily rectified, and the car sent back out before the end of that session. So not sure why the car isn't out right now, but I am seeing a lot of people... um, on the pit lane, I think it should be said. There's a lot of tyre conservation going on right now, guys.
2: The spread of the dancing ants on the screen in front of me um, is extraordinary. I don't think there's more than a few yards. It basically is a full speedway and infield at the moment. Uh, Lifetiming.alcamelsystems.com and you can get that, you can get the live timing as well, follow along as we do in the broadcast booth
4: S- Spike the Orica as uh, the AO number 99 car has had its tail <laughs> taken off and uh, uh, his, uh, I suppose Spike is a is Spike a he? Re- oh, uh, I've put myself in a big spot here uh, The tail sp- the of Spike, thank you um, and uh, the AO crew are investigating the uh, Gibson B8, <laughs> the the beating Derbyshire heart of that dragon
2: the number 20 having a cracking battle again this is uh, Lawrence Hurt and that looks to be Ben Keating in the other United Autosports car the number two yes it is in the wins car wins and Mission Foods car notice with that their low carb wraps are fabulous for somebody who doesn't eat a lot of carbs you see So
4: we had some great tackles with them uh, in, when we were in California didn't we with oh, the drinks? that's very nice. good yeah
2: yeah. Carol and Kevin that's right well remembered well it was Carol, uh, Carol that put us onto them and uh, they're now available in the UK so they are a little sta- stable standby just in case you come in you want a wee bit of snackage still an hour and five minutes of this session to go and this is not the end of the action today we've got some Wheel and Mazda MX-5 racing to come, as well as one of my favourite, uh, one of my favourite uh, sessions of the evening, uh, of the week, should I say? The evening practice into the darkness, and we—I have to say—we are very fortunate here up in the Global Broadcast Centre. And when the lights come on, this huge field—I oh, can't wait for that tonight. Uh, we will have the Master Race by the way in sound and vision, whether you're here in the States or further afield, Imsa.tv. Uh, race have got it on their channel as well. We've got it on Imsa Radio, the live video feed there, which does expand to full screen and it cast from there as well. All the options on the right click or on the band underneath. It's uh, ImsaRadio.com, click the hamburger on the top left,
4: and then the first option is live video jimmy Bruni up to third uh lappy said a little a moment ago uh 135.754 that's in one of the privately entered uh, porsches in the uh, proton competition 963 running the mustang sampling colors colors that are very well known here in imza great to see them back and that car well you mentioned diecast uh, earlier on john i would be surprised to see a diecast of this because oh, yeah. black and gold just looks oh, it looks superb
2: I'm indebted to Inter Europol competition, who are obviously listening in, (laughs) Um, and thank you. The colour screen for the Inter Europol competition, Oreg LMP2, actually changed at Le Mans last year to the matte finish, and it's worked great since then. That worked quite well. Yeah, (laughs) it was fairly successful there, wasn't it, at uh, Circuit de la l'Assad? Do you know what? I I have to say, I hadn't noticed that then. It must be something to do with the difference in light here. Uh, and I was at Bahrain as well so I should have, should have noticed it at Bahrain uh, as well, but it really it, it's popping in the pit lane it is right opposite us, us as well quite a lot of work been going on while we talking about that, it, with the number 65 Mustang, which seems to have been in the pits for quite a while they're filling it with fuel at the moment and it's team car has come in the number 64 as they sit with the 65 is further down the pit lane if that makes sense so as I look at it it's 65-64 if that makes sense as they're coming through the pit lane it was Harry Tinknell who's just brought the 64 car in for Ford Multimatic Motorsports and the 65 he says Joey Hand it was Joey Hand was it right okay Thank you, great,
4: you, Great to see Joey and Dirk Muller back together as one of the greatest pairings in sports car history, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, had a great chat with Dirk yesterday on, on Midweek Motorsport, and you, you just forget how far his career stretches back. He won the GT1 class here at the Rolex 24 in 1998. Oh, in the Porsche. With, with certain Alan McNish Esquire, Danny Sullivan and Uwe L's. Um McNish still has a gripe about that wet race. Why? Well, they didn't win overall. I would think that's the first part of it.
2: Yes. It was... In those days, the class winners didn't get a watch. I think it ah. might have even been the last year that the class winners didn't get a watch because Robin Liddell won in class and did get his watch and McNish has never stopped about that, that he didn't get the watch for the class win in 98. If so, If somebody... Names the radio. See if it was 99 when they started. But they have got
4: one for winning Le Mans that year, though. Ah, that's a good question. Probably. Uh, that is a good question. Dur- it, the, it's amazing how the the attention that this new Ford Mustang program has got, both from the uh, uh, externally but internally too. When after I spoke to Darkest, it was. Oh, so what else have you got on today? Uh, and he said, I'm, I'm actually just heading off to an event now with Edsel Ford. As you do. As you do. Um, so, the family, the Ford family, are really fully mm. engaged and interested in uh, the, the success of this program. So, there's, there, there is quite a lot of pressure on, but if anyone can handle it, it's Joey and, and, and Dirk and the rest of the, the Multimatic uh, crew. They've got Frederick Vervich in for the, uh, the Rolex 24, who's uh, a signing from, from Audi Sport. Great signing, I'd say. Mm.
2: Trying to keep up with the Twitter at IMSA Radio at the moment. Um, Thank you for all of the kind words David Raleigh, Sam Holgood, Alan Space Lorenzo Mangano as well Some new names being drawn into following IMSA this year Great debut season for the GTP cars And being followed up with additional entries this year More customer cars from Porsche Still the, only t, uh, still the only manufacturer to make customer cars available. I know you'll shout Ferrari at me, but sorry, that's not a customer car. <laughs> uh, it, it might be funded in a slightly different way, but essentially with a Ferrari factory driver and the Ferrari factory team running it, um, it, it might be Robert Kubitz's sponsor who is paying the bills, but uh, certainly that looks and smells... And, sounds to me like a factory car If you're yeah, jumping across into that as well from being a Porsche Asia Pacific supported driver
4: We've seen it in the past at Le Mans and indeed here at the Rolex 24 where you have maybe have the two works cars where all the attention is on and then you've maybe got a wildcard car that mm. maybe flies under the radar look at 2015 at Le Mans with the 919 hybrid nobody really expected uh, El Bamber, Nico Hülkenberg and Nick Tandy to win but they but they, they did in the convincing fashion so you never know uh, when the World uh, Endures Championship season kicks off.
2: I wonder when we'll see some of the other manufacturers roll out cars for potential customer teams. You'd think Ferrari um, I mean Ferrari have got plenty of customers in GT to satisfy far too many in fact we were talking about this weren't we on the drive up from Miami on uh, Tuesday evening, and in the exceptionally comfy
4: BMW X1. So much so, I fell asleep. I don't normally fall asleep in cars.
2: You fell asleep. You were sound, bit.
4: Was I? Yeah. I For a I good snoring.
2: I would think about a good forty minutes, maybe <laughs> a bit more. So hang on, you weren't snoring, but it's not like you didn't plan it. You pulled your cap down over your eyes at one stage.
4: But I just think for me to actually drop off in a car is saying something. So, what does that say? It must be a comfortable car and a very smooth driver. And cruise control has an amazing <laughs> impact on the driving experience. I had, I I had Joe
2: Bradley asleep in the back of a, a Porsche Cayenne um, when we were in the United Arab Emirates uh, the week before, last week. After i P- P- picked him up from Dubai Airport on the way to Abu Dhabi, and he Bradley falls asleep at the drop of a gear stick he has travelled narcolepsy and I just kept moving the car slightly left to right so that his head was bouncing from <laughs> one side to another. he was sitting in the back behind me and when we got the hotel later on and he said I must have been sitting funny on the plane I haven't off have <laughs> there's a, a a very famous story in our circles about Bradley coming to Le Mans with me in the front seat of an Audi um, back in the days when it wasn't all payage, which is probably not for telling here. But yes, I was told by the responsible adult to knock it off immediately. Got a, about five minutes of it, just gently rolling his head backwards and forwards. Nick Damon, who was sitting in the front, knew exactly what was happening. Uh, those two are on the way. The guys heading towards us, be landing across a deer bee in a little while, joining the happy bad for the weekend uh to join in with miss Shear, our CrowdStrike pit lane team getting ready let's head to Shear now who's got russell ward from windward racing
1: well russell i don't want to get too political but is your mercedes a bit more comfortable to drive now than it was at the roar
6: yeah i mean it definitely it definitely feels pretty good i mean i think imsa made some good changes with uh with the bop that came out yesterday and you know it's actually a pleasure to drive and and now I feel like we can we can keep with the rest of the field. So you know, looking forward to looking forward to getting to the race.
1: You're only one of two driver lineups in the GTD class where all the drivers have already won this race. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You brought back the same three guys to drive with you who did it last year. So I feel like you're just continuing on the progress that you made in 2023.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the new things this year is the new compound of tire, and and it's quite a bit different than the previous the previous Michelin. It it has a much higher peak, I think, and. And uh, you know you can get a lot out of the car in the first couple of laps, and then I think it has a bigger drop than the previous tire. So a lot of adaptations that are thrown at us this year. And you know, but we had some good testing. We've been we were at the BOP test here earlier and uh, or later in 2023. And uh, you know, I feel like we got a lot of good data on the tire. And and I think we're we're starting to learn it as drivers as well.
1: Windward is always a team that's very smart about what sessions you guys run. You never go out in the morning warm-up, You do your fuel drops. You practice your driver changes. Do you already have the run plan? Do you know going into the race because your race car
6: is good? You know, I mean, I don't we don't know the full run plan. I mean, we do know that I that I think I'll start because, you know, I'm the only one who's ever done it. I don't think the rest of the three know how to start a race. So, um You know, it'll definitely be me, but, you know, it's all about the basics and execution here. You know, that's what we really focus on, making sure the fuel drops are good, the tire changes are good, and the driver changes are good. So, you know, all the guys were here over the past. You know, some drivers not here, you know, going out, but, you know, all of us were here and practicing, you know, driver changes and, you know, really just focusing on the basics.
1: What would you do with the second Rolex?
6: You know, I mean, you got two hands, so why not?
1: Love it. Good luck, Russell.
6: (laughs) Thank you. Was a uh,
2: crowd strike pit reporter Shea Adam with Russell Ward and side by side racing out on the circuits. Urgent uh, not racing. Urgent. How long <laughs> is to go in this race? Tom <laughs> I mean, Dillman chasing down <laughs> well, uh, they Ben were, Keating. They were
3: banging banging doors going through turn one last time round. Literally. Yeah, yeah, Ben Number Hanley. two and number
2: fifteen.
4: As a And Tom Dillman, yeah. Right. Yeah, not Ben Keating. Ben uh, ben, Hanley? ben Hanley made uh, it's coming through ready or not kind of yeah. thing wow um watch the I mean side by side by all the way
3: down all come. the way through the tri into turn one and they're literally bouncing off each other going through turn one and also and there's, there's still well we've still got
2: how long 28
3: hours before the start <laughs> of the race <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah two 54 minutes of this session and they will run to the end of the 54 minutes that we have remaining the non-pro cars the gt D cars will be uh, flagged off and the LMP2s will be flagged off with 15 minutes to go.
4: What was curious watching it, the United Autosports car, car number two, with the chasing into Europol car, even with the into Europol car in behind in the draft, the United Autosports yeah. Auto car is pulling away. Now, it might be that the United cars on maybe a little bit fresher tyre and got a better run out of the Le Mans but week? I think it's more likely that, yeah. Because Dillman yeah.
2: was very quick on the, uh, well, uh, in, the infield, in the session. And but they're very quick in... Uh, It seems in this trim at the moment, dragging up behind the Ranch 74 machine of Felipe Massa, the Riley, has to look down the inside, Tom Tillman looking to be able to take any racing line he wants at the moment on the infield, through the kink, down towards the far end of the circuit from us at the western end of the infield. I tell you what, this is a far more nuanced circuit than people give it credit for, you know. Totally agree. Side by side, coming into turn six. Oh, big dive down the inside. (laughs) Felipe. Felipe goes down the inside of one of the Ferraris. One of the red Ferraris. I think think that was the AF Corsa car, wasn't it?
4: Yep. Yeah, car 21, AF Corsa, GTD. Yeah, gorgeous.
2: Looks really good. Here comes the Inter-Europol car again. We'll go to share in a moment for a CrowdStrike pit update through the uh, Le Mans chicane. Are they catching that uh, GTP car? That hasn't just gone past them. Here's Dillman down to the low side. In turns three and four on the oval. Hugs the white line, uh, the double yellow line, excuse me. And immediately we get... A little bit of drafting.
4: I think the Inter Europol car is running more downforce. I do. Or running a steeper wing angle. Yeah, I agree. To make it a little bit better in the infield, and giving up a little bit on the straight. But go and ask, uh, go and ask, well, go and ask Ben Handley how it feels mm. to be nipped at the line on the last lap of the race, purely and so. Uh, it's, it's, a not, it's a really tough balance because you want, to, you want the car that's going to really run the lap time consistently but you also need a car that can win that effectively that drag race to the line crazy thought but that's, that's how tight it can be in LMP2 Shirt uh, Adam has the answer to a question we've been
2: wondering about for a wee while
1: I have not done the investigating myself but I've <laughs> asked people who know Spike is a he
2: oh okay that's fine i think just you. breathe the sigh of relief there I, I don't know how we find that out on a on a fire breathing dragon but i'm not i'm not going to try it <laughs> somebody else can take your one for can it work that work that one out <laughs> different colors of the flames i don't know really don't Renga yeah. uh, renger van der zander uh, with the or at least the cadillac uh, 01 with the best time 135.670 from porsche 963 number seven that's one of the ppm the porsche penske motorsports cars Uh, half a tenth of a second another third of a tenth further back is jimmy Bruni's brought on competition mustang sampling uh, porsche 963 Uh, and then another third of a tenth back wheel and engineering cadillac for oh it's tom blomquist at the moment oh i might as well keep going because there's another half a tenth back it's the other Porsche Penske Motorsport car Matti Zaman brought that in the pit to number six so the uh, top five then separated by 0.16 of a second now Jeremy likes nice close times are you happy with 0.16 of a second for half of the GTP field yeah I
3: think that's
2: pretty yeah, good isn't it yeah, yeah <laughs> well, he's good. a tough taskmaster is sure
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah that's about right I mean yeah, we've come to expect that haven't we and we've been spoiled over the last uh, 12 months with this gtp category uh, with the uh, four different manufacturers and and a fifth one of course joining in for sebring oh yeah lamborghini ordered that as well and yeah it's 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 really cool to see how how closely matched these manufacturers seem
4: to be i do wonder if acura right now in the gtp category might be a little bit uh, concerned. I don't know if that's the right word, but they're yeah, certainly. No, yeah, they the, uh, I could imagine yeah. their they're seventh, their fastest car right now—the the time set by Ricky Taylor in the number ten uh Wayne Taylor Racing uh, with Andretti—136.4. That's seven tenths off the top, yeah. um, and the sister car uh, set by Colton Herta is 1.1 seconds off the top. Now, in, a no- <laughs> in the past, you might have thought, "Okay, well, they're not too far away." But right now, when you see how close everyone else is, you think
3: yeah i mean you know, th- this is just you know we don't know what they're running this, this is just practice Very Qualifying's true. already taken place so it's all race prep you know it's it's not re- there's nothing really i think definitive that we can see in this particular session or even re- in any of this, either of the three sessions today but uh, i think it showed it in qualifying a bit last weekend also and the mean, roar. If, you, if you look at
4: and the roar too that pattern well, of is the of pattern. yeah, again. yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: the, we, we, if you look at the Obviously these cars have been developed now over the course of one year. You compare the BOP now to one year ago the uh, Cadillac weighs the same as it did one year ago. The Porsche or well, the BMW is just one kilo heavier than it was The Porsche is 21 kilos and Times 2.2 by the way to get the pounds heavier than it was one year ago the Acura is uh, 42 kilograms heavier than it was a year ago? That's that's more than 85 pounds. That that's a chunk. Okay. Yes, the Acura was definitely the fastest car a
2: year. or yeah. well, last year, last year, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: But uh, that's a chunk of extra weight to be carrying around.
4: But I thought. But the, the, also, if you looked at the the race last year on on restarts the Acuras were fantastic, and off the corners they had great acceleration, but on a very long run of green flag running, the Cadillac was excellent, when we had that 6 hour uh, long run of green flag before Johnny Palmer cre- um, cursed it uh, we had Cadillac going into a real into a real lead with, with the Zero 01 car, so it, it's really interesting but we're, aren't we talking such fine fine margins for cars that have completely different powertrains Yes, the, the uh, electrics are, are the same effectively with the MG UK and Bosch unit, etc. But the, pow- the internal combustion engines are so different uh, to one another. A 2.4 heavily turbocharged V6 in the Acura. Then you've got a big naturally aspirated 5.5 litre V8 in the Cadillac. You've got an engine in the, uh, in the Porsche, which started life uh, twenty excuse me uh, 18 years ago. Yeah. In the RS Spider, a 3.4. Then it got moved up in capacity, went in the 918 Spider road yeah, car, yeah, and then yeah, up again. The structure's are same, yeah, the same, isn't it? there's
3: maybe the same block. It's exactly, not as if they're <laughs> using the blocks from back then. Maybe not exactly <laughs> the No, same but the architecture all, but is the same. The architecture is yeah. the same.
2: They haven't yeah. had to redesign yeah. that, yeah. but the back yeah. two turbos on it as well.
4: Yeah. It's it's as what well, as BMW have done with their big V8 as well. It's a class X, class 1 BTM the engine they started energy. with. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think so, it's interesting. How, isn't that amazing? You know? I, I think it's very interesting how the major manufacturers have, um, you know, gone about this. Whether they've designed something specifically, or whether they've repurposed designs that they've had from the past, um, you know, that might have saved Porsche a little bit. But my goodness, they've spent it elsewhere um, in in what they've been doing. Um, I, I did hear somebody say that it probably would have been cheaper for them to build a complete new prototype um, from the ground up and in fact of course that's what Lamborghini have done um, that they've, they've gone for a, a complete rebuild instead of taking the family chassis the original plan would have been to have Audi and Lamborghini running the same chassis um, and potentially certainly with Audi the same engine as Porsche are running here and of course we know that that hasn't happened so Porsche happy, I think, to get some customer cars out the door, rather more than we might have expected this early in a in a program. Um, and certainly, I think rather more than Roger Penske was expecting to be fighting against with uh, his uh, with his team. Um, but that, that's you know there's a there's a solid business reason for that, Peter. Well, you look at and Porsche Motorsport yeah. have, have always had a business
4: edge to them. Of course they have, and you look back to the original GTP era what was the car that defined that era well, I, I personally I would say it was the 962 Porsche, and they were they were raced by so many different teams all around the, all around the world and, you know, dominated this race right here, the Rolex 24 for so many years, so it's, uh, I, I do think that the opportunity for teams, private teams who have got the bravery to take it on Um, I think it's just fantastic
2: At IMSA Radio if you'd like to get in touch with us Your thoughts on where we are in sports car racing What this year might hold As we head towards the first Of the Michelin Endurance Cup Long distance races for IMSA Five of those this year of course With the addition of the long race at Indianapolis The six hour race on the Sunday looking forward to that immensely had a trip to Indianapolis a couple of seasons ago with Porsche for their Porsche Together Festival my first trip to Indianapolis my goodness what a place that is smell the history 31 wheel and Cadillac Tom Blomqvist behind the wheel of that car fourth position at the moment Thirty-five seven eight eight, just point uh, one one eight of a second away. That's my grandfather's old collar number. Sunderborough Borough Police Force one one eight. Bizarrely, my dad was uh, sorry that was my dad's, and the grandfather was one one three. Through the chicane on the Le Mans deviation, oh, and uh, not. Stella rejoin there. Twenty-three heart of racing Aston had to avoid I think that's the twenty-two United Autosport LMP two with Daniel Goldberg behind the wheel. Yeah it was and uh, that got a bit all got a bit unnecessary there Peter as he overran the Le Mans Corners and went through the tires you came.
4: I think he's supposed to stop there and wait to be waved on by the marshals. Certainly used to be that. That was the case. Um, I don't I haven't heard of it that it, changing. Of it course. wasn't
2: so much that he kept going; it was the fact that he dropped back down and didn't stay up on the wall, mm-hmm. and that was uh, avoiding action that had to be taken there
4: by the of racing number 23 Aston. We've, we've still got this LMP2 practice race going on between uh, <laughs> Ben race. Hanley and uh, anybody the, and yeah anyone who wants to come and have a go, Tom Dillman actually so Tom Dillman's gone, he's returned the favour albeit in slightly more polite fashion it must be said, he did give a, a little bit more than a, uh, a paper's width of room.
2: The Triazi dark red metallic
4: uh, Lamborghini having
2: a bit of a battle with the lam- uh, excuse me, Ferrari with the Uh, Lamborghini, that's the yellow Iron Lynx car as they go through the Le Mans chicane, also in there Sun Energy 1 Mercedes AMG it's all getting a bit feisty all of a sudden this with uh, 41 minutes to go for the pro cars, take 15 minutes off that for the non-pros
4: that's car is Claudio Schiavone, one of the owners of Iron Lynx in the the yellow Lamborghini
2: knows how to pedal,
4: Uh, yeah and and running in the GTD Pro class, so a bit like Kenny Habul, who's just in front of him in the Sun Energy One Mercedes AMG. Uh, they're both drivers who don't they don't make their prime living from from racing, um, and they are they are taking part with right amongst all the pros. Oh, problem for the number nine FAF McLaren. It's pulled up at a stop on circuit.
3: It's an outlap, I think, isn't it, for Oliver Jarvis
4: it's just coming out of the kink coming towards the Western Horseshoe hopefully he's not run out of fuel no, like I uh, think James Hinchcliffe th- did earlier
2: oh. uh, that's Ollie Jarvis behind the wheel of that car and he literally has just left the pit lane uh, he's trying to refire the McLaren V8 which he does so the driveway.com faff McLaren mm-hmm. is running again manufacture change for those guys in the off season,
3: yeah, of course. The, the FAF group up in Canada they, they have uh, dealerships for all sorts of different yeah. uh, manufacturers. So, you know, we are we in the MCBL Tech Sports Car Championship but are used to seeing that uh, name associated with the Porsche brand. But you know, the history with McLaren goes back a lot, quite a, quite a ways in any case. And uh, this was just a better fit, fit for them moving forward. They've certainly got uh, aspirations, FAF Motorsports, to moving into gtp at some stage um, uh, Porsche of course is already there McLaren is not but uh, does that uh, how, many, how many how many do two or two add up to
4: Jeremy I thought you said you didn't get involved in gossip
3: I don't that's why, <laughs> you, that's why I asked you
4: <laughs>
2: they the keep talking they keep
4: talking about
2: it and I certainly think is this might be a slightly controversial view but I think the talk about it um, in, in my view the talk about it was enough to get them into the WEC with the GT cars. The, the, the potential of a hypercar from McLaren. Um, the story goes that it would be a multi matic chassis for the McLaren, that they would use the Porsche chassis. Um, because the, there's an the, amount of time that you have to make it available to other manufacturers. Um, and in fact we've, we've got obviously Dallara have got two manufacturers already haven't they with BMW and and GM with Cadillac um, I I think that was a pretty smart move by Zach Brown to get the GT cars to Le Mans um, I, I have real reservations about the way that that's all been done, I don't know what the answer is because there's not enough space on the WEC grid to give Audi and AMG a space as well and they should have had spaces there's no doubt about it you can't have a world championship without the two of the most successful manufacturers of the moment just I'm afraid it it just doesn't make any sense Um, and at Le Mans you might have the situation where someone has got qualified through Asian Le Mans series perhaps where both of those manufacturers still compete and compete very Successfully, you might have a situation where an AMG or, uh, or Audi team get a qualify for an automatic entry for Le Mans, and then can't take the manufacturer's car that they've been campaigning. Uh, I think that's bonkers. I, I, I really do. The answer, I don't know, because as I say, there's not enough there's not enough space on the grid for for everybody in WEC. Um, what do you do at Le Mans? I, I'd I'd have 16 um, Camaro ZL1s at Le Mans, and the rest of the uh, <laughs> the rest of the grid is is LMP2s and LMP, um, and prototypes.
4: Oh, uh, spin
2: for the Motul supported number 18, the purple car. It's
4: Dwight Merriman, the car owner, just at the International Horse seventh in p2 no harm and no foul the, the uh, proton competition gtp team that's the mustang sampling uh, car car five uh, jimmy bruni just came in uh, no tires changed full full tank of fuel he's done a 29 laps already in this uh, practice session filled it up with fuel and they've just gone straight back out again so clearly proton competition working on that double stint in we're well not in the absolute prime heat of the day but we're, uh, we're not far off it. So interesting work they've put on competition.
2: Let's yeah,
3: uh, and having won the LMP2 class, yes. of course, last year mm-hmm. in preparation for the step up into yeah, GTP. That's a very good, good one, yeah.
2: uh, let's, let's head to uh, CrowdStrike pit lane reporter, Shea Adam, who has eschewed the pit lane for a moment. Uh, I'm just watching the number four Chevrolet Corvette come in for Pratt-Miller. Uh, There's a big gap behind it where the three should be shit.
1: And we will not be seeing the three for the remainder of this session. Uh, There is no urgency going on at Corvette Racing by Pratt Miller Motorsport. Um, They are working in the back of the car once again. So this is the third session where they have spent time dedicated in that region of the car. But this looks different than the last two. There are four mechanics that are actively working, although there is some music going on in the garage. So there's a good atmosphere, although I think that's track-supplied music more so than Corvette-supplied music. Uh, And they are taking their time. So I'm not seeing any reason that that car should be out before the end of this session. But
2: body Uh, work off the car? So they're working in the engine area, shared down on the number three car? They're working
1: on the back of the car, Oh, hang on.
2: Hang on. The number four's just had the engine cover taken off as well. And we've got a mechanic leaning in to the, in fact, to both sides of the engine now.
1: Let me come snoop on that. Uh, Make my way back out to the pit lane. Um, but there's there's no real urgency as if this isn't no. something that will be easily rectified. Um, meanwhile, the number 12 Lexus has been rolled backwards into its garage, and the 27 Heart of Racing Aston Martin has driven into the garage. Oh. So there are several cars that are now deciding that this session is well and truly done for them. Um, there's a little bit more leniency going on, a, a spring change for the number 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac, but at least that's setup-based. And um, I'm seeing more preparation going on with the two Acura GTP cars. The 10 is in the pits right now. The 40 looks like it's on a long run, but uh, they are preparing for it to come in in the well, relatively near future.
2: So here's what I can see through the binoculars of the number four car. They've got a handful of tie wraps that they are about to deploy and a set the snippers to clip the ends off. Right in front of them, the 26 BMW GTP car's got the engine cover off and has been there for a wee while. And again, not a huge amount of urgency, but we've still got 33 minutes to go. Both the Penske Porsches are in. The rear deck has just gone back on the 7. The front end, all of the front body work is off the 6. It looks like they might be doing something with the reservoirs. The brake reservoirs are there. I think, on that car, um, maybe making a suspension change uh, there. So this is an interesting time. That's down in the pedal box that they're working there. And that's really interesting. This is the number six, the white striped car. As the number seven, the black pinstripe car is... Still there. The Corvette, two pits per further up. The number four car is just leaving. So what is going on here? Everybody's just having a bit hang on. It's tea time. Uh, half past three. Let's get the cakes out. They've got the setup equipment actually. Now I've just seen that on the f- on both. They're stringing the car in the pit lane. I've not seen that before. They've got the the wheel centers shit sure, just turn around and have a quick look at the at the six, because it looks to me as though they've got the, um, no, no, the setup equipment. equipment those on are the, the brake
1: uh, brake coolers. Oh, are they? Yeah, So they're they're Thank discs you. that they have that fit perfectly on the brakes, and it completely encompasses the rotor. And it's That's just a fan. It, it's a Penske thing. They actually brought it Very out good. with the Accura DPI back when they showed up in. So what's Coroset. the Thank what's
2: you? the mechanic doing in the footbox of the the number six?
1: Let's see.
2: He's been in there for a while. It looks like she, he's tink- she excuse me, on a very long way wear.
1: Yes, yes, you are. Uh, let's see, what does she have her hands on? Um, looks like a something going of- across
0: wires in the car. Is it a steering
1: rack or something like that? No, it's actually electronic. Ooh, plugging something back in. Um, there are several different switches down there, and it looks like maybe one came loose. Oh no, she's got a. a a screwdriver of sorts Uh, it's the wrong word for it but they they did do a shock change at the front of the car and she's screwing it back in that's what it was shock change on the right front okay
2: thank you meanwhile the work the general work is going on on the number 7 car both doors are open the deck is back on on the rear of the car Uh, the BMW is still standing still number 25 with the deck off the car Oh, there's always a bit of a powwow going on on the pit wall. They've taken something off and they're looking at it, or... Right, chair is there. What's, what's going on there? There was a bit
1: of a team meeting. Shock change. Ah. Yep, okay. it is the time for the shock changes. Okay,
0: fine.
1: 30 minutes to go for the
2: pro cars, 15 for the non-pros. Oh, yeah, they doing the... Uh, back in. And a spin for the Iron Lynx number... 60. This is the Lamborghini. It's Claudio the again.
4: It's not been his afternoon.
2: This is a GTD Pro car sitting 11th in its class, but with an awful lot of GTDs ahead of it. In fact, there's only one GTD Pro behind him, and that's not been out in this
4: session. Important track time, I think, yeah. uh, for, uh, for for Claudio uh, to get, get up, up to pace in this uh, Lamborghini
2: also important track time for everybody to be on track, the sun's starting to go down now, although it's come out from, back from behind the crowds, the track temperature is 99 Fahrenheit, 81 in the air that is 37 Celsius and 27 in the air so it's stayed fairly, I tell you what, if it's like this at the weekend this is going to be very interesting tyre management is going to be very interesting, Claudio Giovanni is off and running with the car pointing in the right direction, comes to the Curbs at the Le Mans chicane all good Uh, we have two green cars having a bit of a a wee bit of a scrap at the moment the 17 AWA Corvette and 43 Porsche having a little look there through also of course the number one uh, in the BMW which is the Paul Miller racing car was that in the Porsche who was
4: looking very racing indeed Scott Hargrove in the uh, Andretti uh, Porsche that, that answers w- that one. Number one BMW Brian Sellers Ah. It was a veteran yeah. reigning GTD champion of course and that Paul Miller BMW looks fantastic with the white, red and black and the red uh, GTD number board on the side, GTD Pro number board. Excuse me, that team, of course, winning the GTD championship last year. They've moved up to Pro um, for this year.
3: That's right, uh, Peter. Uh, with the same lineup, you know, they ran in, as you say, GTD last year. The same lineup will be competing in the full championship this season. Madison Snow and Brian Sellers, and uh, despite the fact that well uh, madison's now been taken on as a as a factory driver hasn't it with bnw uh so they are you know, they've moved up to uh, to gtd pro really you know great move by paul millers just uh, he's such a good guy and he just shows he's yeah you know, he, he's just comfortable with the, every aspect of that organization it, it, t- it runs really really well they had a stellar season last season with a record five wins on the year you know, mitchell simmons is a team manager there and The whole team has been together a long time and bringing in uh, for this weekend for the long-distance races two drivers both under 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 25 years of age being with uh, Neil Verhagen and Sheldon van der Linde Uh, It's
2: a, uh, a stout lineup Porsche number seven is back together but is going back behind the wall Being pushed backwards away. That was the one that had the rear deck off now the six still got the front end off and the and the rear deck now, and also in getting what looks like suspension change, The Acura number ten, the uh, slightly bright brighter blue and more of the blue on the car this year, but still shiny blue and shiny black uh, with the number ten. WTR by Andretti Autosport or with Andretti Autosport in there. A uh, quick note from Elif Filipponi, says devil's advocate here does not allowing Merck or Audi in WEC extend to the auto invites for Le Mans. If they want to ventures for Le Mans and the cars they can pay in a GT3 homologated, why say no? It does extend to that and to the ELMS as well. It's only the Asian Le Mans series and ACO competition that allows those cars in. Um, I do sort of understand, if you've made that decision, I do understand them not being at Le Mans as the only race of the season because the opportunity for um, a snafu on the balance of performance could uh, draw cries of foul from your full-season entrance. But uh, there's so much to talk about there to unpack. I'm... I'm disappointed is all I'm going to say with that. I don't think it, it has been handled um, the best way it could be. And I don't think it's the best outcome that it could be, if I'm honest. Like I say, the, the, the issue is that Hypercar and GTP has, has been so successful there simply isn't enough room for GTs, for a, for a full and representative GT field in WEC. And that's the problem. Start, beginning and end. And it's a lovely problem to have, but no doubt it is a problem. Now, when we had the man at the head of the WEC, Frederick Lecrian on Midweek Motorsport at the end of last season, he said, it's not forever, it's for now. It's being looked at all the time. And if we can find a way um, to reassess that, we will.
4: El Bamber now at the wheel of the uh, number four uh, Pratt Miller Corvette uh, yes El Bamber in a Corvette, raced against them for so many years uh, in his time at Porsche but uh, of course now much more affiliated with uh, with GM Brands, races the Cadillac uh, V-Series in the World Endurance Championship and previously drove the uh, Cadillac DPI and he actually came into the Cadillac Fold Via Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon mm. sent him an Instagram message. Uh, so slid Scott D- he slid slid straight into his DMs. That was the uh, course. Yeah, yeah, heard that yesterday on um. liked, uh, and said, well, you know, we'd, we we want to have a chat. And they did. And the rest is history, as they say. And uh, Earl was telling me just how much he's enjoying this Corvette. He's, this, of course, brand new Z06, uh, Z, uh, Z06, excuse me, GT3R. And he really wants to take it to Macau. Wouldn't that be a sight? I don't think Corvette have ever been to Macau uh, before. He might have seen a Callaway Corvette there before, but certainly not a a, a factory car. I want car. to see them
2: at the Nurburgring.
4: Uh, well, who knows? Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. But uh, of course, Earl, a big fan of of Macau. That's one he's still trying to win. He's a big fan of here too, and mm-hmm. another one he's still trying to win. There's not many gaps in his CV, but those are those are two of them.
2: Ten, Acura from. WTR with Andretti back to its uh, paddock space, uh, pushed back by its gap. That's where the number seven went as well. Shea Adam uh, has been talking to Porsche Penske Motorsport.
1: They ran through their run plan. They got everything done that they wanted to, and they used up all the tires that they wanted to during this session. So there's no urgency down there. The mechanics were very calmly gathering their things. Drivers walked back to the garage. They're pretty content at this stage.
2: I suppose you can find out enough there's some night time running to come when the temperatures drop down tonight I suspect we won't see people running for some of the teams won't run the whole amount of that as well up on the banking customer Porsche, GDC with the banana boat the yellow submarine, 85 I tell you what, that car's quick in a straight line because the 01 Cadillac the gold fronted car had a much better run out of the Le Mans chicane, but could not drag by through the trioval and down a turn one. Now cuts back to the inside. Yeah, more wing
4: on the 0-1. Very plain to see that. And the, the engine in that Cadillac, you can, the way they're able to just get out the corner, it seems to just be so drivable. Uh, watched earlier on this morning in the first session, the Cadillac 01 was being chased by one of the Acuras and it just drove away, and just really nice drivable traction on that Cadillac what, a, what an attribute to have for a race of this style
2: you've got to get the balance right here and it's a it's a tough compromise to find here conventional wisdom would tell you that the long fast bits into the high braking, you want to be quick through there because that's where you'll you'll make up positions. But if you roll up too much downforce, you actually use your tyres more, Jeremy, on the twisty bits on the infield. And as I said this is it's a far more nuanced track than people give it credit for, and it's a, it's probably out of all the tracks we go to, it's one of the hardest to make that decision for, particularly on the prototypes.
3: True, uh, yeah, and we were talking about this morning, weren't we, that tyre you know, tire management is going to be absolutely critical to the eventual outcome of this race, I believe, at the weekend with the limited number of tyres that they have and you're having to double-stint the tyres, which wasn't a regular feature in, in recent years, other than very occasionally, uh, but uh, with the new sort of sustainability, if you like, that uh, Michelin and IMSA in general has adopted over the last several years, there's yeah, a lot less tires on hand for the teams to use and how you, how you use them and, and how you you look after those tires during the stint when, particularly when you're going to have to double stint them it's going to be really, really interesting and something, something that some drivers are much better at than others yeah. by the way, is this an IndyCar race that we've got going on right now? I was just looking at the top of the charts the two drivers, <laughs> the, the lead two cars at the moment Alex Polo is driving the uh, number zero 01 Cadillac uh, van der Zander set that fastest time in that car early, much, much, much earlier in the session. In fact, we haven't seen any quick laps, for, uh, quicker ta- lap times for quite a while. And now in the uh, number seven car that's in second position is Joseph Newgarden.
2: Except, Jeremy, last time around, another IndyCar driver, one Scott McLaughlin, uh- put the fastest time in for the oh, Orika Tower Motorsports number 8 just just basically to follow on with your theme yeah,
3: there. Brilliant. Uh, yep. so we got, yeah, brilliant. so we've got the reigning Indycar champion is uh, f- is in the the car that is currently running fast. This is 01 Cadillac. That uh, yellow and black car in second position is the reigning Indy 500 champion Joseph Newgarden, in the number 7 Porsche. and As you say brilliant. Two, champion 2
2: championship, fourth position LMP2
3: and fourth fastest overall is another full-time indie car driver at the moment and two-time defending champion in this race Tom Blunkris who's not driving an Acura of course this year he's driving none other than the car that won the championship last year, the Wheeland Engineering Cadillac
4: it's, It just shows you when you've got the, the, the teams involved in sports car when you've got Roger Penske Chip Ganassi, Bobby Rahal it's no surprise, um, uh, Michael Andretti it's no surprise that we're seeing these drivers com- coming in and the no. connections that that are there and Alex he he's bear in mind that IndyCar is his full time driver if you like but when he comes here the last Rolex 24 hour appearance in 2022 he set the fastest lap of the race and in the roar yeah. out three of the six sessions he was the fastest driver in that car
3: yeah and, and he's just turned a 135.761 in that 01 car uh, which is uh, less than a tenth of a second away from the best time set in this session in that car by reg van der Zander uh, and uh, just to show what sort of a feel we have here, Brendan Hartley, uh, how many times has he won the, the World Endurance Championship now? Four. Yeah, Four, yeah. yeah. Four. Two Le Mans wins, I think, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's at the wheel of number 10 car for uh, W WTR Andretti. Uh, and the former Formula One world champion, Jensen Button, is at the wheel of the uh, number, the the, the the sister car, number 40 uh, of uh, WTR Andretti.
2: No, that's I mean, matches Jaminier, multiple winner all over the place for Porsche. Um, he's out there at Yellowly, Nürburgring, uh, winner. Uh, who else have we got out there when we look in that? We've got in a the, that that's, there's talent right through all the classes here, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, Matt Brabham, actually. First time we've mentioned him. He's out for uh, all racing in the, the Orica. 99 car yeah. welcome
4: to the championship, Matt. Absolutely, It'd be his uh, super truck champion, mm-hmm. amongst other things.
3: Amongst other things, yeah. Boy, talk about versatility. Matt jet will skis. drive anything,
4: did not race jet skis yes. last year as well. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. Well, his, 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 <laughs> his mom is a, a very accomplished jet ski champion, has been for years and years and years. Oh, wow, and she's still doing it actually. Good for you, Rosia. She's a superstar.
2: Love it. Into the pit lane for the uh, Darker red this year, a uh, high-class racing car. This is uh, with the Mark Kwame's racing team as well. They've sort of come together this year. So that is now MDK by High Class Racing. MDK is Mark Kwame. Runs cars into the championship as well. Just a quick note on some of the other cars at the sharp end of the field. Uh, Cuba, or Jakub Smikowski, is behind the wheel of the in- Inter Europol by Piawan one Matheson at the moment. That is the 52 car that heads LMP two times. GTD, MDK Motorsports for GTD with their Porsche, just mentioned mm-hmm. there. It's Anders Fjord back behind the wheel of that car. Actually, it's not because he's in the pit lane, but he brought it in. Um, also, uh, Marco Liverato uh, has been out in the Proton Ford as well, get used to that name in that number 55 GTT car, and it's Martin Kirchhoffer the FAF Motorsports in the McLaren, he's I think he's the only driver in that team, a team of all talents, that has uh, experience in that car, um, and he's being uh, he's having to be mentor to James Hinchcliffe and the, the other drivers there
4: he will, yes. Yeah, so he is the McLaren works driver, so that that, that definitely uh, matches matches up. Oliver Jarvis, his last GT uh, drive was in back in 2020 when he was a Bentley boy. Well, and Oliver Jarvis did a
2: lot of the development going back a bit further on the Audi R8. Yeah, um, the GT3 R8. I remember seeing footage of him at Monza running um, without the first chicane in at Monza in a, an R8, did a lot of the development there, came through the Audi programme very well thought of as a development driver as well as a highly accomplished racer of course It's for Master as well in the prototypes was was qualifying lap record holder till last Sunday
4: One here 11 years ago in that Audi uh, in the Rolex 24 so knows, knows, uh, knows his way around to say the very least
2: but well, there's Alexander Rossi and James Hinchcliffe in that car. We're talking about IndyCar stars as well, which Jeremy was uh, earlier on.
3: Yeah, I think there's uh, 14 of the entity uh, IndyCar Series regulars are going to be in this field this really? weekend. Yeah, 14 out of 27, I guess, is going to be. It's
2: wow, more than over half.
3: half of the field.
2: <laughs> Moment or two ago, more racing action. <laughs> the drag- Dragon 81 car, a little bit of side by side, it's the 22 again, the uh, United Autosport car. Yeah. And uh, this time with Felix Rosenquist behind the wheel, um, one of the aforementioned IndyCar yes. full timers
3: he, he was quickest, they, they just started testing this week, didn't they, down at uh, presumably
2: Sebring? Mm-hmm. Yes. And
3: um, I think he was quickest on one of the days, at least I didn't see what happened on the second day.
2: That United number 22 car, Peter. That that's a strong. I mean, both of them are strong lineups, but that's oh, a There's very not many weak ones, though. Yeah, well, that is no, the problem, that's isn't it? it? Yeah. I'm ple- we were we were thinking about recording a um, a preview, but w- for this race we, we sort of do the preview as we're going along. It builds through the races. But I had a feeling that all we would say is, well, this car's with the chance of a yeah. podium or better. Yeah. Uh, What about this car? Well, that check, I mean, it's insane. 59 cars and maybe a handful, what, five or six right across the field that you would see that you might think, well, I'm not sure that they could get a podium, but, you know, they could look into it.
4: I I would say the number two United car would be my pick if I had to. You're, You're splitting hairs, but only because you have a mandated bronze driver. In mm-hmm. LMP2, and the car number two has Ben, ben Keating So that's that, that is a, a heck of an point. ace card to have. Ben Hanley, uh, who you know won this race in LMP2 with Dragon Speed three years ago. Nico Pino, very fast silver, and then Pato O'Ward, who won the LMP2 class two years ago at the Rolex 24. Yeah. So they've really packed that out.
3: They have, but number 52 team with that. that uh association now between Inter-Europol and NPR1 Matheson Motorsports Nick Bull who hadn't been in a prototype car for I don't know, on Sunday evening after the uh, after his qualifying r- r- run it was seven or eight years since he's been a, in a prototype car it was within a tenth of a second that was of incredible ben Keating.
2: that was incredible yes uh, uh, and listen we talk about all the international and he stuff. reckoned there was a little bit more in the car oh did he well. good for him <laughs> um you know, we talk about all the international stars that are coming from other series, but we just saw flash by underneath us, so the 74, uh, Riley run, uh, Orica. Gar Robinson behind the wheel. Bit of homegrown talent there, Jeremy, who's, who's again, he, he's earned his way, he's fought his way, he's grafted his way up. My, what a fast driver he is!
3: Yeah, yeah, no, he is absolutely, and, and just getting better and better and better, and particularly the more time he has in prototypes. He also did a good job in qualifying, uh, the, the other day uh, on his P2 debut, having won a couple of championships now in LMP3. But it's four years ago that uh, Nick Bull last drove a uh, a prototype car, but it's it, since he ran this race last year, um, in a year GT uh, car, G- G- car yeah, yeah uh, it, it, all he's done since then is a couple of uh, Porsche Sprint Cup challenge races in a, oh, wow. in a Cayman I think that's the, the, the only two rate it's the only time in at the wheel of a car since this time last year very 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 impressive right
2: let's let's <laughs> have a quick let's have a quick look at what's going out on the track at the moment because we've got the number hang on, which league turns through the far side that's got the blue on. so that's number 24 BMW uh, prototype being chased down by the number 6 Porsche which is back running again the 7 went behind the wall if you remember done it's run plan so 24 BMW is Philip Eng and uh, 6 Porsche is Mathieu Jaminé and then right behind them is the JDC car with Time and van der Helm Behind the wheel, and we've got Porsche and BMW side by side with the BMW and that purple front end defending into the Le Mans Chicane, taking the middle of the road there. Now that, that's interesting. This is all good data, not just for the engineers, Jeremy, the, the drivers here will be logging this away. What can I get away with? Where can I force? An error. where can I get up the outside of somebody? Into the tri-oval now. Here comes the Porsche, down to the inside, switches to the outside, across the line. The Porsche would have got the decision if that had been the chequered flag. Sweeps round the outside and into turn one on a very wide line for Maciej but gets the pass, I would say, an in inverted commas, done. But that's not the end of it. The BMW, very nimble through the chicane and down towards the international horseshoe, Val valden the helm just marking his time at the moment and taking a bit of a watching brief 10 or 15 cars behind and now the porsche stretches his leg on the infield peter that was an interesting lap and a half the the
4: 963 porsche clearly has good straight line speed yeah, because as you, as you rightly said that uh nine porsche 963 of uh, matthew jamini won the race to the line but came into the bus stop uh, second effectively yeah and Ye- on the yes, wrong line really. uh, yeah uh, okay the bmw kind of parked it a little bit on on the on the middle of the chicane which didn't have the best exit but you saw all the way around the banking the uh the 963 of of battery jamini just setting that move up really nicely so that's a i, I think that's going to be a really important attribute to have for that uh, for that porsche jensen button Circulating at the moment in the uh, number 40 Dex Imaging Acura, one one of the best looking cars in the uh, in the field with that black and red. It looks mm. just mean. Um, Jensen was saying last night actually just
2: how um, tough it is to swap between two different manufacturers because he was out testing in Bahrain last week with the Porsche uh, with the Porsche 963. he's here uh, this weekend for Acura, of course, and he said. The problem is there's quite a lot of similarities in the cockpit, but none of the steering wheel buttons are in exactly the same place or do exactly the same things. So swapping between them. He said that, broadly speaking, the uh, the driving style is the same, and, and that's not the issue. It's just the little fine-tuning that you have to do with all of these cars, and it takes him just a wee while to, to get his head in. Uh, right, uh, hang on. No, no, that's the right-hand thumb wheel, not the left-hand thumb wheel.
4: Spare a thought for uh, spare of thought for Brendan Hartley, who's going from a Le Mans hypercar in the Toyota GRO10 to the Acura. That's that. I d- I believe he's the only driver who's done that is switch switched platforms in hypercar to the LMDH, as it was, uh, as it's known. Um, Jensen Button driving with uh, with glasses on. Uh, never used to do that, did he? No. He's that's getting a old. Thing. I, I, I did not say that. I didn't see that. No. You've got... Uh, for an
2: international licence... 43, 44, that's about right. It's isn't yeah. it? Well, I'm still going. He's I just had his
4: birthday, going. actually. His birthday was just the other day.
2: Uh, international licence... Um, you have to have a medical every year. and Once you get to a certain age, you've got to have a um, stress ECG. But absolutely must Have 2020 vision, so it's not about what you can see for driving on the road, it's got to be 2020. 2020 corrected, but it has to be 2020. So, quite a lot of I mean, it doesn't have to be much off to be a bit off. And I am very fortunate that I've, for some reason, my eyes have not deteriorated as much as people of my age. I still like driving in the dark as well, always had good night vision time I had my medical I got through
4: It's great to see that has kept driving after, you know, had an amazing F1 career and over a very long period of time and he's kept driving, he's kept himself involved, a lot of which in, in endurance racing but he's done a NASCAR road course race and various other bits and pieces, uh, that's the sign of a true racer in my well, opinion and,
2: th- and this drive, in fact actually the Porsche drive at Petit Le Mans last year which is sort of Led to him being involved with Porsche in the 963 in the World Endurance Championship. And this one all came out of that uh, Garage 56, Project 56, ZL1 uh, Camaro. Uh, uh, Mike Rockefeller, Rocky, getting him in with the guys from JDC at the back end of last year. And, uh, and Jimmy Johnson, I believe. that uh, Jordan Taylor. Uh, sorry, Jordan Taylor, because he was yeah. the coach, wasn't he? Yes. Jordan Taylor, who was the coach getting him in to this one when they knew they were going to have two cars nice to see the mustang sampling colors back
4: in Imza, and they really suit the 963 peter you bet they do and uh, this is the first outing for uh, porsche factory driver alessio picarello who really d- made his name actually he moved over to asia and, and yes. really went through the porsche asia young driver program um, he's from belgium um, but really You made the most use of opportunities there, but this is his first drive in the Porsche nine sixty three, so he'll have heard all his colleagues talking about it, he'll have been at the fitness camps and hear them going, Well I'm testing the nine six three next week and he'd be going, Oh have fun. But now he gets his chance and he's with some certified Porsche legends there. Neil Yanni, Lamont winner in the nine nineteen, Roman Dumas I mean the stories are just of, of what Roma's done in his career and, uh, in and the out of Porsche, all, all over the place Porsches, in any kind
2: uh, of car the, most likely um, he's become a bit of an electric vehicle expert with the Ford the, Supervan the Ford Supervan 2.0 which I'm very excited about that's coming down to Bathurst actually to do some demo laps all electric oh my yeah. <laughs> oh my Although it, it says a lot about me, as, as much as I'm looking forward to Bathurst um, and the 12 hours, one of the, bi- the two biggest pieces of news that Creelsey's fired my way uh, recently is that the um, Ronald McDonald House is going to be the the uh, charity again for that 12 hours, which means we get a Mac cafe, a portable Mac cafe comes and sits in, uh, in the... Um, in the parking area where we park up so as we walk through on the way we can get some uh, barista made coffee uh, and also <laughs> uh, the, the local brewery uh, has been made a sponsor as well three minutes to go uh, reckless brewing in Bathurst in the old railway buildings Bathurst with a huge railway history and the guys there have been made the official beer of the race a lo- you've got to love a race that has an official beer they're on canning on site. Grabbing a can just before the top goes on. It's one of the greatest things that you can do at a brewery. Yeah, talk about which
3: Long Beach Grand Prix also. They always have an, an official beer. Good. And a bit of news that came out uh, last night at the Road Racing Drivers Club members' dinner here at Daytona is that uh, for the last what, 15 years now, there's been a, uh, a, uh, a dinner the club hosts dinner prior to the Long Beach Grand Prix, and the featured guest this year is going to be none other than Sir Jackie Stewart. Oh, brilliant! Of course, with uh, very close ties to Rolex, the sponsor this weekend. And Jackie's going to be at the, uh, the the Masters Golf Tournament the previous weekend in Augusta, Georgia, and he's going to come over to Long Beach and, oh, and be our featured guest for the uh, Thursday night dinner. So, we'll Wonderful. be more details on that will be coming out fairly soon. But that was announced last night by the Orange President. Be right my
4: favourite, excuse me, John. The, my my fa- favourite story about Jackie Stewart is he has his left cuff is made. it's all his shirts are custom made. His left cuff is made ever so slightly bigger, so his Rolex timepiece, if he's being photographed, will stick out. Yeah, yeah. Little yeah. details, absolutely. <laughs> um, Jeremy,
2: I'm right. So for, oh big lock up at Oops. the far end of the circuit, or is uh, sorry, that was at the National Hairpin, uh, Horseshoe. Alex Palo just uh, needing a bit of cadence braking to get the caddy to turn yeah, in he's been turning a string of well yeah, Oh, that was great driving though do you know he still got to the apex that's outstanding there because the unloaded tyre was locked up and he came off the brakes and straight back on he's quite good this kid isn't he yeah. he would have felt that <laughs> just the, the Sir Jackie Stewart at the R R D C on the Friday uh, Thursday, Thursday, yeah. Thursday night of, of Long Beach weekend um RRDC supports, among other things, uh, Team USA. But that is an event that's open to anybody. If you want to put put your money down, you can buy your table. Yeah, absolutely right.
3: Yeah, true enough. And uh, it also uh, proceeds from this evening, in addition to TBSA scholarship and the RRDC's Safe is Fast um, driver development online uh, video library, uh, Race for Dementia, which is the uh, charity very, very close to Jackie's heart, uh, will be the major beneficiary from that event as well. Good, so excellent stuff. Excitement.
2: Yes, uh, awful, awful, awful disease. Check the flag is out, and seeing it first is Alex Palau, who goes mm. through. And that car has the fastest time. And my goodness, he was close to it there. Nine one thousandths of a second away from the fastest time of the day so alex Palau with the second quickest time of the day in the car that's got well, the first and, quickest and time and the of first
3: because he set the fastest did he put the fastest one did. in as well yeah right, about okay eight, eight laps ago it's been a stellar stint wow. by alex Palau. the quickest time of day 135.589 he did that on on the 40th of the 48 laps that that car has competed in this
2: session oh yes yeah sorry i'd missed that gone yeah. out to 135 of a second yes. ahead of the first of the Porsche Penske Motorsport machines. That was the number seven. Then one of the customer Porsches from Proton. That was the number five. That was another point .030, zero three zero, point zero three four to the Whelen Cadillac number thirty one, point zero four two. .042 much matches yeah. in the Porsche. Catching the trend here. I am seeing this. Point one three seven to Nick Yellowly, who has just taken the checkered flag in the number twenty five BMW from the team RLL. Point. Uh, 093 to Timon van der helm in the jdc miller car uh, we'll do all of the prototypes then it was 0.344 uh, 0.183 to the second bmw and two on it so 1.2 seconds for the for the gtp field not bad not bad at Pretty all Pretty good
3: isn't it and and seven of them inside uh, half a second
2: it was Inter Europol who captured the top spot in LMP2. They got it early. They kept it from Dragon Speed in second and Crowd Strike by APR in third. Then Tower Riley and the first of the Uniteds was the number 22 car with their number two very close behind, uh, and those seven car uh, within. Again, just within a second or so. And the fastest time put in by Clement Novelac. Is that right, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, he did. That was quite early on, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. It was on lap 12. That car did uh, 46 laps total in the session. It was just about, just after, I think, the GGP cars joined uh, the session. So, around about 15 minutes or so into that uh, one hour and 45 minutes.
2: The GTDs, all, well, seven of them ahead of the first of the pros. Uh, MDK Motorsport had the fastest time on a 47-0 then brought on competition with the 55 Mustang Conquest with the uh, 296 Ferrari the 34 car the only real issue we saw was the McLaren uh, which had to, ah in fact that's just come through, Okay, that's fine Marvin Kirchhoff was the first of the GTD pros, there we go, in fourth position he was greyed out, that's why I didn't see him then Turner Motorsport with their gtt ninety-six car, Nikki Team and Magnus Racing in the Aston, the number 44. Next up. And uh, the top ten GTs made up by Lone Star Racing. Sally Yolick in that car when it pitted with uh, 15 minutes of the second session to go, the number 80. Uh, in eighth, seventh in class for Wright Motorsport in the 120. Uh, and then it's a couple of pro cars to finish up the top ten. Ricci's Ferrari and A.O. Racing, which will be on pole. As Seb Prior set the time for the 77 A.O. Racing. Rexy will be on top. Thank you to Jeremy and to P. Mark She, Adam was our Strike pit reporter. She'll be joining me soon here in the booth as we get ready for our first race of race week. It's the and Mazda MX-5 Cup presented by Michelin. And it's next, live from Daytona.
0: This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsradio.com and subscribe to Imza Radio wherever you get your podcasts.